You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. You've now tuned in to the Drawing Board Podcast, a powerful, thought-provoking discussion where we talk about family, relationships, ministry, community, and career. Let's see what exciting guests we have on our show today. We must have had some technical difficulties with the introduction, but I'd like to welcome everybody to the Drawing Board Podcast. I'm Andre Ebron, the founder and the host, the author of The Drawing Board, the book, which is a powerful, thought-provoking testimonial that challenges the reader to examine their life and to reimagine the possibilities. The Drawing Board Podcast, where we talk about family, relationships, ministry, community, and career, this is what we have tonight. Listen, I always promise you, I always promise you, and tonight is an extra special night. Tonight we have my brother Sean Hart from Flint, Michigan on the podcast tonight. The world, I'm introducing to to some, but I am presenting to most, my brother Sean Hart. How are you doing, my brother? I'm doing well, man. What's cracking? How you, man? Oh, man, listen, I'm excellent, man, just being as productive as possible, uh, doing, you know, family, uh, making sure that we keep all of our scholars engaged over this virtual learning platform. So, man, I'm doing great. And, of course, you know, the bumps and bruises that we are experiencing, man. What about yourself? Yo, I'm good, man. You know, just like everybody else, bro. You know I mean? Navigating, you know, navigating this uh, whole pandemic, right, and just pivoting. You know, just finding new ways to, uh, you know, not only just navigate, man, but to dominate, man. You know, so that's where I'm at, bro. Oh, that's good stuff, man. So let me let the people know a little bit about you, Sean. So some call you speaker. Others call you trainer. Some Everybody knows you as as an author and a coach. Sean Hart is a premier keynote speaker, trainer, and leading authority on fatherhood and personal improvement. He energizes, motivates, and empowers diverse audiences to take action and take control. When he's done with his audiences, they are ready to meet the challenges of the world around them and unearth, I like that, the treasures that lay beneath. Sean is a dynamic personality and a highly sought-after inspirational resource for schools, businesses, nonprofit organizations, and professional circles. Now, here's something that I know all of my Spartans out there. Let's go. Especially all my Spartan dogs out there. All right? A graduate. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Let's go. A graduate and former football player of Michigan State University. I'm not – listen, I am not not, uh, a Spartan, but I'm going to do it just so you can shout it out. Go green. (laughs) Go white, bro. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. (laughs) Sean learned how to compete and excel at a very high level. He has a keen way of turning what he touches into gold. Is that the Midas touch, my brother? Hey, come on, man. Let's get with that. All right. (laughs) (laughs) His straight-from-the-heart passion and high energy motivates audience to to step beyond their limitations and to step into their greatness, watch this, and dominate their lanes let's get that work well listen man that holistic approach that you have brother now we want to get into some of the motivation behind your message so sean take take me to that moment brother where you knew that you had to get what was in you you had to get that out to the masses take me to that moment that epiphany uh what oprah would call that aha take me to that 
Yeah. Yeah, you 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 know that that moment was uh took place inside of a prison, bro. Right. It took it took place inside of a prison, man, where I served as a prison chaplain for about 10 years, about 7 8 years, matter of fact. And um and that moment was when I began to to serve these inmates, man. Um I realized that most of them grew up without a father or a positive male role model. And and I you know, just started shifting my mind like, yo, even though I'm not from this area, right? Because I was living in Flint at the time and that's not where I was born and raised. So I didn't know how people moved in this area, right? So I just knew that I wanted to be part of a solution. So in the prison, I had full access and full autonomy to create what I wanted to, to create and help those, right? But then I was thinking like, yo, there's a lot of brothers out there in the community that do not want to go to the prison, right? And how can I help them navigate or give them some options and solutions so they don't have to go to prison, and and that's what that's what took place, man. Is that I just said, you know, I want to be a, you know, part of the solution, not part of the problem. And I just said, I'm gonna do something, man. Told my wife, bro, and I just start, started getting to work. You know what I mean? That was back in 2015, man. That was back in 2015. Right. So I love it, man. I I think what uh, especially our listeners in this moment. Uh, people can feel when things are, are crumbling around them. There can be a like a a mad dash towards success, right? That's I can't true. tell you how many people I've seen uh, launching co- coaching platforms, uh, setting up different things. And here's here's what I always look at, and this is how I look at a uh, um, ministerial leaders too. When I when I hear you speak, I want to know where you train. Uh, yeah. When I when I when I see a boxer or an elite athlete, when I see them perform, I love watching the performance. It's exciting. But what I love as a person, I want to know where you trained and who you trained under. You know what I mean? And so, like, I I have uh, the utmost respect for those who are in a mad dash to success. But I I really love those people who are in the gym right now just working it out, you know, and then when they have prepared or, or fully matured or developed, say, okay, now I'm ready uh, to provide this guidance. What I love about your message, man, and I'm excited to have you on, uh, is that I connect so much to you being a family man. Like when I I can look at a man, and uh, this is something that my mentors tell me. They said, when you meet a man, they said he could be great on his own, shoes shined or fresh, but if you really want to see the character of that man, look at his family. Yes, sir. And the way yes, he sir. takes care of his family. So, man, listen, yes, sir. big ups to you, man. Uh, I, I love to see you as a family, man. Tell me, I know being a dad is of the utmost importance to you. So talk to me about that journey of how you got into, like, empowering fathers. Yeah, man. You know, uh, again, man, like, yo, like, real talk, man, that's like, um, that's that's my lifeline, right? So I love to motivate people, love to inspire, love to empower people. But, you know, my lane, bruh is men and fathers. That's my lane, hands down. I love speaking to companies. I love speaking to schools and students. I love inspiring them. But, bruh, I mean, it's it's that lane of working with fathers, right? Because this is the thing, bruh, is that a lot of times we put a lot of resources, we put a lot of money in 
in the community to help build up children. And I'm and I'm for that. I'm with that. Right. I'm like the biggest cheerleader when it comes to that. But this is the problem is that when they leave that place, when they leave my presence, when they leave your presence. They going back home to a father or a mom or somebody who doesn't support them. So my thing is like, yo, who's working with the parent? Who's working with that father? Right. right. And, and that was my thing. I'm like, yo, I want to work with the cats that nobody else want to work with. They want it. I mean, they want to work with the moms. They want to work with the kids. But I'm like, yo, I need to work with these fathers. And why? Because I was broken for a very, very, very long time. Right. And my dad didn't do it on purpose. Right. He was doing the best that he knew how to do with what he had. Right. But but in turn, there was some scars. There was some things that took place where there was missing pieces and broken pieces. So I fathered out of that. I I loved my wife out of that. I interacted with other people out of that. Right. So it was like, yo, Sean, I need you to start dealing with and stop blaming your dad for what he did or didn't do. So when I took up that mantle to start working on me, trying to grow me from the inside out, I'm like, yo, if I can feel this much freedom, if I can get this type of deliverance and be a dope dad and be, you know, this, you know, this good husband that my wife need me to be, I'm like, yo, I got to help these other brothers because there's not a lot of organizations or agencies working with men. They like, yo, they, they can fend for themselves. They, they can do it. You know, they, they'll be all right because they look at our right. exterior, but they don't really know what goes on the inside. That's right. right. So I'm just like, yo, sign me up. I want that. You don't want it, but I want that. Sign me up. Yes, sir. Man, I can identify with that in such a strong, strong way um, from the note of, you know, how you when you actually start doing that work, that inner that inner work and allow God to bring that inner healing. Uh, yeah. because He can't heal what you won't confront. Come and on, uh, and man, listen, I didn't realize that I was ex- I was expecting my relationship with my wife to heal portions of that. Right. And it couldn't. Uh, I was realizing I went to my mentor, my, who's my pastor. And when I was becoming a dad, man, one of the most exciting moments, but one of the, I was one of my most fearful moments, right? Because yeah. I, I knew that my experience or my interaction with fatherhood was hurt, pain and absence. Right. And so yes, I did not want to parent out of that pain. And so this is what, uh, my, my pastor told me, says, son, Embrace the love of the father. And yep. because you know how to love, <laughs> then he will direct you on how to love your children. I knew God yes, as a provider. I knew God as a healer. I knew God as a deliverer. But I hadn't fully grown my relationship with him uh, from adult man to father. And let me tell yes, you, sir. the hot tears that rolled, the healing that takes place, because do you really do you really trust that God can father you in a way that he is concerned about you the same way you're concerned about your children? Absolutely, man. That that's yeah. that's that's real, bro. That's real. He's he's very, very concerned and very aware. You know, and I had to get to the place, man, is 
like I really had to come to the place E to where I had to start forgiving my father, but I first had to start dealing with mine, right? I had to start dealing with my, even though it may have been attached to him or to other people, right? But right. I still had to deal with me, bro. It was like, I, I wish I could say it was like 50 years ago, but I tell people that my most powerful moment was about, uh, it was at the end of 2018. Yeah. And when I was about to go do some work with a father, I heard Holy Holy Spirit clear as day told me not to leave right now. We have some unfinished business. And it was stuff that I knew I was leading up to that I had to deal with, but I didn't want to deal with it. Right. I didn't want to deal with it, bro, because it was too painful. Yeah. And what it was, man, was it was I was required to watch the last football game I've ever participated in when I was at Michigan State. I refused yeah. to watch that last game. I refused to watch the film. Why? Because it reminded me of what I never became. Right? It reminded me of me not reaching the plateau because that last game was my last game. I it that last game prevented me from going pro. I never played at that and bro, my identity was in that boy. And it's a lot of times people do the same thing. They avoid watching a film, right? Yeah. They avoid watching, you know, the very thing that God can be using to catapult you, right? But it was too painful, man. I didn't want to watch it. But bro, I robbed my children and my wife of an opportunity because they up until that point, bro, they, they knew I played, but they never seen me play. Yeah, because it was pain to me, but they wanted to see it. And when and when I watched it, right, because when the last time I played, bro, it was in 1997, 19, yeah, 1997. And during that time, YouTube wasn't in, in existence. So I couldn't find the film. So the Lord like, yo, I need you to go watch that film. I'm like, bro, no film exists. Like, right. Yeah, yes, it does. Go to YouTube. And why did I find the film on YouTube? So I watched it, man. I had to watch the whole game, bro. Flaws and all. I had to watch it. And when I came home, man, I pulled it up on TV, let my kids watch it. Dude, they were ecstatic. They didn't see my mess ups. They didn't yeah. see none of that. I was robbing them of an opportunity to, to embark upon this moment with their father, but because I was... I was I was struggling in my pain, bro. I didn't want them to I didn't want to deal with it. And yeah. I had to come to that moment. And that's good, man. There there is always uh that road less traveled, right? And generally it's that road toward healing that people avoid because it, it causes you to take the bandages off. Uh yes. it causes you uh for lack of a better uh example, it, you got you have to take those cleats off and relax and rest and you got to you got to think about that, man. Listen, I was looking at how like I, how we are so aligned in the way is that that's how it was with track for me. Um, mm. Yeah. So I ended up, uh, man, I ran and, you know, enjoyed it, loved it. I was the type. Uh, it was something about stepping on that track. that just did something to my heart. And, yes, the reason, and the reason that it did something to my heart is because I found the sport amidst uh my mother was battling ms uh my sister you know my was raising my sister and i and i found that track gave me that outlet 
Mm-hmm. When you got on the track, nothing else mattered. I knew that my coach supported me 100%. And even though it that might have been connected to performance, the relationship went deeper than that. And the coaches were encouraging. I could see myself developing. So when that had to stop, and unfortunately for me, it was injury. I, mm. It was, man, listen, I remember running. I was running a 200. And this is how I, I described the uh, the feeling. It's the only description I can get people to. I said I was I was turning the corner when I was I was lifting my hips and I could feel like somebody threw hot ramen noodles on the back of my leg and just slid the pain. Right. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> the pain. And I when I got ready to get uh, to the straightaway, tears were just running down my face because wow. I knew that this was the last one. Now, wow. my doctor said, you know, you should have come off the track. But the athlete me said, whatever you start. Yep. You got to finish. You got to finish. Yes, and sir. So, and man, listen, how how much, and I talked to my kids about that. I said, I've done some damage to myself from the mindset of starting and finishing when I should have just stopped when the pain started. Yes, sir. Yes, and, sir. And, you know, and in that honest moment, like pain is a signal to the body that type of pain, that whatever you're doing, you need to stop. So how how, yeah. how, much, how does that reflect in life? That we know that there are some relationships. We know there are some actions, some activities, you know, that when the pain starts, that is the portion where we should stop. Absolutely. Talk to Absolutely. me, bro. Now, listen, man. Absolutely. How do we get in this position uh, of dominating? First of all, how do we get in the position of discovering our lane? And then how do we begun, begin to dominate our life? Yeah, man. No, th- this that's that's good, man. Good question. You know, when, when you talk about discovery, we, we get super deep. We get super deep, bro. We get yeah. super, super deep. And what we start doing, we start looking at what other people do, right? We start looking at what other people do. It gets, you know, it's attractive. And guess what? It's supposed to be attractive. Why? Because they are in their sweet spot. Because they are dominating their lane. When you dominate your lane, it becomes so attractive because you are where you're supposed to be, right? So when I'm talking about the, the way that you discover that boy, it's like, yo, what 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 burns on the inside of you, right? It may it may be something that's weird to others, but to you, like, yo, this is the greatest thing ever. Like I eat, sleep. I do a lot of stuff. But when you start talking about men and fatherhood, bro, it's a different switch. It's yeah. that thing that gets me going. It's it's that thing that gives fuel to me. It's that thing that I love. I'm where I'm like, yo, I really get paid to work with men. Right. So so the thing about it, man, is being honest with yourself. The beginning part of it is self-discovery. Right. The beginning part is self-discovery because we can try to build. But a lot of times when we start building, we're building on the sand castle like we building on quicksand, bro. So so we need to start that self-discovery of growing from the inside out of you talking about really getting in your lane. It needs to be something that you were built for. Yeah. Right. You you had to be built for it or you will be developed into it. 
right? So, so, so the thing about it, man, is like, what is that thing that burns on the inside of you? I need you to start like really working. And what I'm talking, what am I talking about? Like I talked about how I had to go and watch my film. E, I had to go watch my film to see what is the things that's hindering me, right? So, bro, I battled with not I battled with low self esteem, but how it came out, bro, I was hating on other brothers, right? I would high five them, you know, the whole nine chest bump, the whole nine, like, yo, you murdering it. But on the inside, bro, I was jealous. Yeah. I was jealous. Like, yo, why do they deserve that? Like, yo, why not me? Right. So, so I couldn't dominate my lane because I was still jacked up on the inside. So the beginning of discovery is working with uh, within ourselves of self-assessing, beginning to grow from the inside out, deal with it. Because a lot of people try to build these huge, you know, programs and this and that, trying to take advantage of a moment. But, bro, you don't have the longevity. That's like right. Like you said, I'm looking at a lot of people, you know, coming up with these programs, coming up with this, coming up with that. I tell the people that I'm coaching and I'm working with, I'm like, yo, just sit back. Don't watch them. Just keep working. They are going to teeter out. They don't have the longevity. They, they weren't built for this. That's right. And my coach right. always say, he said, most people, they want what it looks like, but they don't want to, they don't want what it feels like. Right. Like they they don't want to pay the price that it costs to 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 be in that place. Right. So the beginning part of dominating the lane is self-discovery. If me sending spending time discovering what's my what's my sweet spot, what's my kryptonite to work on. So once I free myself, and you don't have to be perfect, it's the process. Right. Starting that process, because as I'm starting to get rid of those layers, now I have the freedom to dream. Now I have the freedom to not even feel bad about going after something because I don't have that hating spirit on the inside of me. Right. So now once we start that process, if that makes sense, dominating my lane, bro, is me embodying the assignment that I'm called to walk in. We can have a thousand speakers. We can have a thousand men who work with men. I don't care. My thing is I need to be able to support you knowing that I have a tribe of my own. There's a people that only wants to hear my voice. That's right. That's my tribe. So I'm not trying to speak to the millions. I'm trying to speak to my tribe. So that's how I could dominate my lane. You talk about track, stay in your lane, bro. Stay Don't in go your with somebody lane. else's. Like yeah. we all run in the race, but staying, you get outside of your lane, bro, that's an infraction. You oh, jumpstart, yeah. it's an infraction. Stay in your lane. What is my assignment? My assignment is to men. Just because other people are winning, you know, you talk about equity and, you know, work with schools. I work with schools, but, bro, I'm not trying to go into school and start talking about equity because that's the buzzword. That's not my lane. So why would I do that? My The smart thing to do is like, yo, E, how can we collaborate? My lane is this. You bring yours. We bring it together. Like, yo, we dominate. Because yes, that's my sweet spot. I can't do equity. I know about it. I could study it. I could probably rock out with it and probably do well. But I won't do as well as you because that's your assignment, bro. And, man, listen, you know what's interesting about that? Dig this. I was uh, – and I share with people, I initially – was going to be a corporate lawyer. That is, 
what I had set my, my my sights on, right? And I was speaking to, and it's it's interesting how the Lord will get a message to you through people who you don't even have. Like I don't even know how this uh, this lady and I started talking, and she just engaged me in the conversation. She was a clerk at honestly a Seven Eleven, and I was checking out, and she was saying, you know, um, we were, I don't even know how the conversation started, and so I told her. You know, she asked me like what I initially dreamed and I shared with her. And she said, well, and this at first I was kind of upset. She said, well, I'm glad that didn't work out. And I I looked at her and she said, because all of the children that have been impacted by you being in position would have never received what they needed had that worked out. And I was like, wow. Yes, sir. And so what I looked at, man, for years as like a, a shortcoming, a downfall, you know, that app, that competitor in me, yes, I started it. I needed to, you know, and I yes, look sir. at how God will, how he will pivot you. And, or let me say this, he will give you a choice to pivot, you know, and absolutely choose to, man, listen, you can dominate that lane. I tell people what I do is not work to me. Like Come it's on, not man. work. It takes effort. Of course it takes diligence. It takes all commitment, but I can wake up out of my sleep and go work with young people and work with children and families. And, and what it will do is it won't bring a, like, I will be fueled by that. Like it will ignite something in me and I'm up and I'm ready to go. We can, we can stay awake for days talking about how we're going to improve, you know, lives of children and family. Something that I I love about, uh, you know, and I, of course I've been watching you, man, and, and just listening, listening to your messages and, I love your the um the clips that the voice clips uh that you that you post and what the morning I motivationals, the morning motivational pieces. Yes, sir. Man, listen. When I listen, when I look at speakers, from the from their voice, I can tell if they're more concerned with the stage or more concerned with the seat. Because Come the on, stage man. only exists because of the seat. And on, that is that's powerful, man. So I just wanted to let you know, man, on this end, man, you pro- you're providing that that motivation necessary that are leading leaders, brother. Man, man, I appreciate that, bro. I appreciate that. And you know, the thing about it, man, it goes to right to dominate in your lane. Like for, for years, I knew I had a gift, but I didn't know how to use it. Right. So that's when I linked up with E, with E.T. And like, yo, I had to invest in myself to master the craft or become better at my craft. Right. You know, I was, I had to get to a place to where I had to invest in myself because I'm like, yo, why do I have to pay this money? And, you know, but then I realized like, yo, if you want to become a, if you want to master your craft and if you want other people to listen to you, like, bro, you can't tell people invest in themselves and you won't invest in yourself. You know what I mean? So, so that was something I was willing to do. So like even at a time when bruh, when I didn't have the money coming in. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, I'm gonna invest in myself, bro. And it was one of the best investments I've ever made because I invested that piece of it to where coming out on the other side, you know, being able to not only become a better speaker, but become more authentic and know the business of it. So when you talk about those more motivationals, I would have never done that. But going through the program helped me to find out, Sean, what's your sweet spot? And during the time when I first started doing those, a lot of people wasn't doing it. 
But right. I'm just like, this was what God told me to do. He like, yo, just do, you know, put up images and just do voiceovers for a minute. And I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll do it. Like whatever you want me to do. You know what I mean? And that's, and that's how I try to live my life, bro, is that I know that there's an art to certain things, but I'm just like, yo, I just love people. Like, yo, how can we move the needle? How can we work together? How can I bring heaven to earth, right? You know, for, as a believer, how can I make he- the earth reflect heaven, right? How, how can I dominate my lane? What's the best way to do it? And the best way for me to do it is work on me. Mm. Is to work on me. If I can work on me, bro, then I can go out there in the world and bring my gift, right? Because who I am in public is who I am at the crib. If me and my wife is beefed out, bro, we dealing with that. I'm dealing with that. Because there's a, a, a time, bro, I was shut down. I walk around the house for two, three, four, five, six, maybe even seven days. Like, I don't got to talk to her. Like, whatever. She was wrong. Yeah. Me pouting, a grown man pouting. But I get to a place like, bro, you can't help no men or anybody else, and you not doing the work at the crib, bro. You you need to you need to show patience. You need to say you apologize. You need to go get some therapy. You need to go get some counseling. You need to be accountable. You need to hang around other people. You need to get around people that's doing way better than you, and stop hanging around people who's not excelling as much as you, just to make yourself feel better. So yeah. I had to challenge myself in every area, bruh. And it was painful. Yeah. Yes, sir. Listen, man, I was just telling my son he'll be 13 in uh, July. So I'm starting to have some of those good manhood talks. You know, he's reaching that age of accountability. And uh, I was telling him, uh, we were talking about marriage and choosing a mate, choosing a wife. And I said, son, let me tell you something. I said, your relationship with your wife it impacts your relationship with God. Absolutely. And he Absolutely. said, so he looked at, I said, I still got to ask God a question about this, even though understanding headship. And, you know, I said, when I get to heaven, I'm going to have to ask him about this one scripture when it says, dwell with her according to knowledge that your prayers be not hindered. And, yes. I, remember, and I said, Lord, I don't see anywhere in the Bible where it says if she mad with me, you know, <laughs> Yes. But, yes. Yeah, but it talks about reconciliation is our responsibility. Right. And it talks yes, about. Uh, so all of those things, but literally like showing how um, like that, that is not for the faint at heart. Like that role of husband is it, it not. Goes, man. Let me tell you, man, listen, it's not. Marriage, bro, Sean, listen, marriage has taught me not just so much about my wife, but it has taught me so much about me. Yes. Listen. (laughs) And when you, when you, you use the word unearth, uh, those treasures, it can, you can either be digging a hole because you feel sorry, or you can be using that same shovel to unearth the treasure that is existent within you because that that pressure is coming. Yes. It's coming either way. Yes, Yes, bro. Yes. (laughs) Yes. It's, It's one thing that I see a lot, man. You know, to to those that I work with, man, when they get into tight spots, I understand. I tell them, you know, my old pastor told me he was like, yo, you just got to take a knee. Right. And I'm with it. Like, just take a knee. I'm cool with that. But what I tell them, man, I go a step further. I'm like, yo, bro, you got to fight and build at the same time. It's good. You got to fight and build. Yeah. You mean, it's, it's, a lot of times we just 
we want to build, but we don't want to fight. And just yeah. because you're in a fight, bro, you got to keep building, right? Like right now, this pandemic is happening. So we fighting, keeping our sanity, right? But I'm like, yo, you got to build in the midst of this. You have to find that light. You have to find that beacon of hope of like, yo, how can I get into my sweet spot and dominate my lane? Like, like how can I do that? Right. So and then you can't build so much and forget the fight. Yeah. You know I mean like, yo, why? Why is this like because you're still in the fight, bro? Like. It wasn't supposed to be easy. If it was, then we know that everybody would be rocking out. Everybody would be doing what we're doing. Right. So You can. But we have to put it in the right perspective. We have to put in the right perspective when we are pursuing, you know, greatness, when we are pursuing our God given assignment to the earth. Yeah, absolutely. Man, listen, you know, we have we talk about in ministry, you know, fivefold ministry giftings. Right. And we talk about that from the, the point of, you know, the apostle, prophet, teacher, evangelist, preacher. Right. And we talk about that's for the perfecting of the saints to grow into mature discipleship. We understand yes, that. Right. I went back. I was talking to. uh Having this conversation with my family, you know, because I believe every family should have a mission state mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. because the gift comes to the house. Right. Yeah. Um, and if you look at your children or we look at our families, uh, if the prophetic is on the man, it's also on the wife, you Let's know, go, uh, because we talk about that is the great mystery of how two become one. Right. Yep. Don't and start no trouble, bro. Listen, 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 bro. Hey. And then so if the prophetic is on. The, the husband and the wife is on the children. So this was my prayer, man. And I, I prayed it. I said, Lord, don't allow anything to trespass my children's gift before time. Because, mm. you know, when when people like think about it like this, you remember when uh, and it was funny. This is how I look at it. Uh, when Jesus became aware of his messianic calling, man, he went to the temple was like, yo, I'm in here. Dig yep. this. Come yep. learn something. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, and, yes. And, and uh, you know, it goes on to say, you know, uh, through his suffering, he learned obedience. Right. And this was moments. Right. And I like to think that that moment of redirection is what gave him the commitment to be able to see through the Garden of Gethsemane. Right. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And so I think about him as a child and I think about the progression because it doesn't talk a lot about that. But I see that moment of awareness does not always trigger advancement at that moment. Awareness yes. makes it known that this is the time that you should begin, as you say, fighting and building. Yes. Yes. You you meet him a couple, you meet him a little later in life, and Mary's like, hey yo, we at the party, they out of wine. Son, do what you do. <laughs> which, you know, <laughs> right? Which lets us know, watch this, which lets us know that this wasn't the first time that he had used his gift. Absolutely. Watch this. Or even for our children, had the opportunity to show his mother, his father, his siblings, what was in him. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah. And yeah. I think that has a lot to do, man, with us teaching our young people, teaching uh, what did Frederick Douglass say? You know, it's easier to, to, uh, to build up, to raise yeah, strong boys than to raise up uh, broken, broken men. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's easier to raise strong boys than to heal broken men. And, man, listen, I, I love that quote. 
Um, I love it too, man. You know, and when you talk about uh, being uh, elite, break that down for me, bro. Like, what do you mean when you're talking about being elite? Elite, man, everything that I say, man, goes back to awareness with self, man. Because for so many years, I was competing with the world around me, Mm. right? Everything was about watching everybody else, watching the clock, watching what E doing, watching what... Yo, I became elite the moment I embodied my assignment and began to put everything in it. So now, guess what? I am elite at my level. I may not have as much as you, but what's happening, I am operating at the highest level of my ability. There is no more. So now I come to a place where I am elite. On the outside, you may say, nah, bro, you ain't elite. You got to at least have a billion. You got to at least have that. It is what it is. I want all of that, but you know what? I want what belongs to me because I guarantee you I can do more with what I have than using what you have. You can ask my man, David. Yeah, right? go ahead. Said, Yo, I'm, I'm going to use what he gave me. I'm not going to put on your, your uniform. I'm not going to use your weapons. I'm going to yeah. use what was given to me. Bro, I have a gift to talk. Right. I, I paid a price. I went through a whole lot of H.E. double hockey sticks. And I'm like, Lord, if you brought me through that, I need I, I, I need. I need to be able to show what I went through on the other side, like I didn't go through that just to go through it. You know I mean? So so that's my thing. So being elite, man, is embodying my assignment, embracing and loving who I am, being who I need to be for those that I'm called to. Not to your tribe, E, but yeah. to my tribe. Yes, sir. To my tribe. My tribe. I don't have. So now that way we can have a relationship. I can come on your podcast. I can give you all that I have because Bro, what's for you is for you. What's for me is for me. And I can sleep well at night. I can sleep well at night because I know my assignment. I know who I'm called to. And I'm good where everybody else can be out there fighting for scraps. Nope. I don't need that. I just need who God called me to. And I need to be who God called me to be. So that's being elite, embodying who I am for those who I'm called to, to empower and to inspire and to equip and to transform. That, that is, uh, that's powerful. And I think it gives a whole new lens uh, for those that are listening. I mean, because when you think about elite, you immediately, the, just the regular thought is how do you compare to others? Yes. When you when you break it down like that and say it is when you become aware and you embody, which means there's some actions associated with your assignment. Yes, sir. You yes, know, sir. like I I love uh you know I'm a, I'm actually I grew in grace right <laughs> so <laughs> I did I, I grew in grace. Uh, yeah. my, my mentor, my pastor said, uh, let me know. Say, son, if it's too much grace, too much truth, you'll dry up. Too much grace, you'll blow up. But the balance of grace and truth will cause you to grow up. And so, listen, I had no grace. I was, I had a black and white type lens. 
And uh, it had a little bit to do with my my uh, my mom being a Marine and my military, you know, militaristic upbringing. Yeah. Uh, I would say what I said and let the chips fall where they may. Yeah. You know, if that yeah. going to get this work. <laughs> yeah. You're going to get this work. And it, it just is what it is. And yes, so uh, I, I always go back to like ministerial ministerial assignments to the body is really an indication of your responsibility to life. Right. Yeah, ministerial assignments in the body is also uh, your indication of the responsibility you have to people. So when people are advancing uh, corporately on their job and they're in a high level of authority, it really just says that you have a greater responsibility to people. Yes, sir. And uh, when you are in church or in the, the you know, in that, that realm or that system, and in, uh, the higher you go, it just really indicates that God's holding you more account- accountable to how you handle people. Absolutely. And, you know, and I think that I, I'm, the, I'm the voice that always cries out for the people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that and I and I and I generally have like they know when when they see Ebron coming, if it's not right by the people. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, yes, sir. I think, man, for me, uh, amidst this entire, uh, you know, pandemic that we're facing, I think it is draw is drawing us more front and center back to the responsibility that we have to one another. Yes, sir. Uh, to people. Uh, the things that we do, whether it's innovating a product or is speaking like you and I do, it is designed to to make life a little more easy and provide revelation for people. And so, man, we're getting back to, you know, Vance, Van Moody has that book, uh, The People Factor. Right. And so that's a good book. But See, let me listen. I, I need I need to check that out. Yeah. Oh, bro. Listen, listen. He starts breaking down relationships in a way. Super dope. But I'm telling you, man, what I love about, and I keep talking about it, the average to elite just got it Saturday, but turning your losses into lessons. And you know, that, that for me resonates with that, um, my urban proclivities, you mm, know? <laughs> let's go. Let's go. Let's go. And, uh, you know, they all, we always used to dap up and say, never lost, all, always a lesson. It's only a loss if you refuse to learn the lesson, right? Come on, man. And so, man, when you were writing this, uh, tell me, man, what what prompted you or what was the call, the mandate? Because this is something that will remain in the earth, you know, of kingdom work, of your personal assignment. So what was the what was the mandate? that you got from the Lord when you, when you chose to write this? Yeah. The the biggest thing that he was showing me during that time, man, is that Sean, all things work together for your good. And, and the reason why that was huge, why turning losses into lessons and why being going from average to elite is because that scripture gave me freedom because I was living in bondage, right? That I was always a thought leader, but there was still a level of hesitation for me to take action, right? And then there was always that me looking back to what I went through, like what I went through and, you know, all of those things, right? Yeah, yeah. So where it comes to that title of losses into lessons is like, Sean, no matter what you do, it's going to work out for your good. Wow. Sean, so so take the big plunge. Like yeah. it, even in your era, 
even in your era, I'm going to make it work out for your good. Man. So when I got that revelation, bruh, yeah. it unlocked everything. And I'm telling people, listen, turn those losses, which appear to be a loss, turn it into a lesson because you have an assignment. You can go from what you think is average and being average is living beneath or below or not living aware of who you are. That's being average, not being aware of your superpowers, not being aware of your grace gifts. Yeah. Right? Not not being aware of the damage you can do to the world around you and the mandate that's on your life. Like, bro, you was bought here with a purpose and for a purpose. And when you don't, when you don't learn that thing, oh, that's why we struggle. Yeah. Because you're not aware of who you are and what you possess. So when he started unlocking that, I'm like, yo, I got to free the people because like I said, for years, man, I thought I was a football player. I thought that's, that's all I was. And he's like, bro, no, it wasn't, that was just a time in the season. That was something you did. That wasn't who you were. That's not who you are. That's what you do. Yeah. And when you ask most people, who are you? The very first thing they do is say, huh? What? What are you talking about? Why? Because they're trying to buy time to figure out who they are. They they associate what they do. They associate who they are by what they do. I'm a doctor. I'm a lawyer. I'm a not. Okay. That's that's not who you are. Right. That's what you do. That's what you do. And you know what? Most people don't uh, don't have a straight answer. No. And a lot of people won't take the courage to say, you know what? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And, yes. and the, the liberty or the freedom that truth brings, like the power and the revelation of that scripture, uh, lets you know, man, God got you no matter what. No matter what, bro. No it's matter what. Things. Not some yeah. things, all things. All things. And what uh, I was realizing in this time, bro, is that even when things, you know, people get silent when things don't work out like they planned. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? But here's the thing, though, is that it's going to, like you said, it's going to work out for your good. It is. So you cannot allow the enemy or life or your own um, insecurities to silence what you believe. Yes. Yeah, and like I think you that's are entitled to. What you're you entitled, entitled to. Hey man, don't listen. You don't go down that road, bro. Listen. <laughs> hey, we we are heirs of the promise of salvation. Join heirs of Jesus Christ. Hey, called <laughs> chosen. We are what? The chosen generation. A royal priesthood. Royal. Yeah. <laughs> called to show forth the praise of Him in the Let's earth. Go. Let's go. Yeah. So you know that the man that that five mandate, right? Uh, to be fruitful, to multiply. To replenish, to subdue, what? And to have dominion. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, so sir. Hands, hands were made to what? As you say, to build and to fight. And not literally, you know, duking it out, but hands were made to build and to fight. Fight what? That good fight of faith. I talk to people, man. <laughs> love to get your take on this. I talk to people about, uh, especially in this time, people are talking about a lot of spiritual warfare, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, a revelation of that that exists is that the warfare exists against the plan of God. And I said, when you are warring, you pray 
for a battle that's already been won. Already. And the only thing you have a responsibility to do is to, to declare what's in the book. That's it. That's it. I said, that's so it. if you're going to war, it is a war to see the advancement of the kingdom of God. Watch this. How does it advance? How does it manifest? By speaking, decreeing, declaring. Watch this. And like James said, not just a hearer only, Come but on. to also be a doer. Let's go. You already so let's know. dominate. Let's dominate. Let's go. <laughs> That's let's what go. we were called to do, man. Yeah. Like, yo, why, 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 why have a podcast show and you're not going to dominate? Why? 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 Why not bring heaven to earth? Why not impact your listeners? Not yeah. trying. You know I mean, I, you, you want numbers. You you want the masses to see. But the biggest thing is like, where's the impact? That's that, that, bro. We want impact. That's we it. We want impact, bro. Yeah. Money will follow. Listen, we are ATM machines. I am an ATM. If I need bread, bro, I have enough within me to create money. Yeah. Because that's the gift I have. That's, that's the right. gift you have. We chasing money when money is supposed to chase us, bro. That's the problem. You chasing the wrong thing. That's Get it. Get in your lane. Get in your assignment and money will chase you down. There's a pandemic, bro. And I'm still being blessed. Hey, listen, I can testify. <laughs> right? Still being blessed. Yeah. Why? Not because I'm faithful, but because he is. I'm in my lane. I don't have to go out there and try to create. The, I'm like, what do you need me to do? What's in your house? Use what you have. Use what you have. I'm not watching what everybody else do because that's not my assignment. Yeah. Not my assignment. I'm not interested. I get people all the time, man. Like, let's do not interested. At one point. When I didn't know who I was, man, I was jumping. I was trying to jump on that one, you know, that one, you know, hot, cool thing. Now I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm right here in my lane. And it's going to happen in my lane. That's right. And then, he, like he said, he sends collaborators uh, who can help facilitate and build a team. Yes, I got a question for you, man. You, you are an athlete. You are an elite speaker, premier speaker. Uh, there are some people, man, who are at the genesis of their assignment. And uh, when it comes to building a team, how do you know, because it is an assignment from the Lord, how do you know and identify who should be on the team, like the direct team and who should be a collaborator? How do you do, how do you, how do you figure that out? Yeah, me, man, my, my navigation system, honestly, man, I bring Holy Spirit in everything that I do. Right. Like real talk, man, not trying to sound super deep and the whole nine. Like everybody have a different way of doing things. Everybody have a different way of building a team, building a business, the whole nine. But mine, mine start with vision. Right. Mine start with vision. This is what I need when I get awareness. Like, you know, I tell people, man, faith begins where when revelation is revealed. Right. So. So so my thing is, like, I put the vision out there. And once I get a revelation of what I need, yo, I'm like, okay, this is what I need. And then I start seeking. And what happens automatically, people will start coming. People will start coming. And then what I do, I judge not the fruit of how much body of work they've done. Like, if they dealt with the masses, 
I ain't worrying about that because I can train, I can develop, I can grow into, but I'm mm. looking at the spirit of the person, the intent of the person. So if I can have you in my community and we can, where it's not about no big eyes, little use, that type of thing, because I am going to be, even though I'm the mouthpiece, I am going to be the most humble and the biggest servant of us all. Yes. Right. So yes. my thing is, is that I put it out there that, Lord, this is what I need. This is what I put out there. Boom. I got revelation. Boom. To help me get to this level. This is what I need. They begin to come. I begin to put I a begin, magnifying glass. To begin right. To put a, so, so I just, I just, I, I just, I, I just begin, to judge begin to judge the fruit a little, fruit bit. A little bit. Yeah, absolutely. You know I mean? Yeah. You, you look and what I, what, what I, what I love about it is the word allows you to do that. Right. So it says that the word is quick and powerful, sharpening the two-edged sword, cutting asunder what? The soul and the spirit, the bone and the marrow. Here it is. And it is a discerner of the hearts of men. And so with the Holy Spirit within you, the word within you, all you have to do, uh, there are somebody listening who will be like, yo, especially if you're from uh, any type of urban area, like mm-hmm. discernment is something that you innately have, you know? Uh, you can tell when some an environment is not right. You can tell when you meet someone and then your those bells start to go off in your spirit like, uh, no, nah, this person, something. I can't see it with my natural eye, but I can tell something seems a little off. Like, trust that. Go yep. with that. Yep. Whether they call it instinct or whether they call it discernment, like those are the, the, the healthy building blocks when looking at your team. I want to extract for, for someone is you said that, you have the ability to build capacity. As long as the person's spirit is right, you can teach and train. You can develop and help them grow into. And I think that that's huge, especially when people are starting off. You want people to come ready-made when the team that God is sending you, you may have to disciple them. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's huge, bro. That's, That's huge from the standpoint that you need to be able to like as a leader, right? You need to be able to discern and be aware of who you have in your circle, right? Uh, I'm also willing to um, collaborate from the same, like barter, right? You mean, you mean I can give you this and you can get that, right? So I don't, I don't, everybody that I have in my circle, everybody doesn't get paid. But what may happen is that in turn, I give them connections. So now they get business over here, right? right? So they can use me as a mouthpiece, but now it brings you more dollars and resources because you're helping me blow up, right? So it's, so it's that collaboration. Everybody is different on how you build it. So what mine, man, I know what I need in my circle. I need people who have um, a high level of humility, who has uh, a mind for teamwork, somebody who I don't have to micromanage because I'm not going to micromanage you. You need to be uh, self-motivated, right? Right. You don't have to be perfect. You just have to be willing. That's good. You don't have to be perfect. You just need to be willing, willing to learn, willing to grow, because I'm going to be, I'm open for, um, you know, for change. I'm open to pivot. You know, so when you're building a team, man, you got to create an environment that is conducive um, 
to that growth environment, right? And then one of the things, man, that I had to get, E, that was hard, I wasn't very structured, wasn't yeah. very organized, right? This whole vi- So I had to bring in somebody who was organized to take care of the things that I was dropping, right? So my thing is, you know, even from my speaking, I had to hire a booking agent. Why? Not because I needed her to get me some more gigs, which she does, but the biggest thing is I kept selling myself short. Why? Because I was making decisions based off how I feel and me just having this super, super soft heart. But it wasn't paying yeah. bills. Right? right. It wasn't oh, paying right. bills. Right. So I had to bring somebody in who was gifted and skilled in that area for them to do it. And we did it on a barter system. For when you get this and get this, you'll get this percentage. You'll get that percentage. You mean, and it worked well for us. So it's important to know what you need surrounding you in any business. Is you need to know what your blind spots are. What are your blind spots? What are you not sweet at? What are you not gifted at? What are you not good at? And and what happens is, man, is that we have to earn a right to hire somebody. You earn a right. That's right. To hire somebody, right? So the things in the beginning, you may have to do it. You may have to do all of your work. If you don't want to do it, you earn the right to hire somebody to do it. So that way you don't have to worry about it. Well, listen, man, you know, the time flies by, especially when we drop in bombs like this. Yes, sir. Uh, I encourage everybody to go out, get my brother Sean's book from average to elite. He signed it for me. I got the personal signed copy. I hit him up on on Facebook was like, bro, listen, I need to sign copy. He sent it to me and he said, look, don't be average, be elite. Let's go. So Let's listen, go. man, let the people know where can they get in touch with you? Drop your socials. Yeah. Where where are you at, bro? Yeah, I'm on every single platform, man. It's under my name, Sean Hart, man. S-H-O-N-H-A-R-T. I'm on Twitter. I'm on, I'm not a whole lot on Twitter. Where I spend most of my time, man, is on Facebook and some Instagram. But all of it is Sean Hart, S-H-O-N, Hart, H-A-R-T. And that's my website, too, S-H-O-N-H-A-R-T.com. Sean Hart, YouTube, all of them. I just kept it simple. Oh, absolutely, man. Well, listen. I thank God that you came on, bro. Uh, Much continued success and prosperity. We're going to continue to dominate our lane. We're going to go from average to elite. We're going to be aware of our assignment. And then we're going to take actions on our goals and dreams. When building our team, we're going to consider the heart first, and then we'll build the skill. So as we transition from this, I always tell my listeners, your future is not behind you. It is not before you. It is within you. And I'm Andre Ebron with my brother, Sean Hart, learning to dominate our lanes. Peace and God bless.